like home. And um, we, love, we love all of you so much, and you have been so, uh, so faithful to pray for us and encourage us. And I get texts and phone calls all the time, people just loving on us. And thank you. Thank you so much for um, all that you've done and how you sow. You know, here's the crazy thing is you got to sow good seed to reap a good harvest, don't you? And, uh, man, if you, if you keep all the seed in the barn then the world isn't harvested. And so you guys are sowing great seed. And, and I know it's painful to do that. I mean, you know, the Chidesters are in Hawaii. I know they're suffering for Jesus over there, but uh, ridiculous. But uh, I guess they need, they need Jesus in Hawaii too. You know, some people get called to Afghanistan and some to Kauai. But Jesus needs, uh, he needs people willing to go. Um, it is what it is. It, I will stop right there. Um, wow, these are bright lights. I can work on my tan. Um, it was, there's some things that I really miss about home here, and uh, one of them is the prayer room. It is so good to see just a prayer room packed full of people, passionate for Jesus, praying up a storm. And uh, I heard somebody, I won't say who it was, but I heard them speaking in tongues and they were saying, it sounded to me like it was Akuna Matata. I don't know. I think it was. And I'm like, wow, I have the interpretation of that. You know, no worries. So I knew that God was speaking to me and filling me with faith this morning. Akuna Matata, back to you, Jesus. Um, yeah, open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of James. The book of James, chapter 2. We're going we're gonna, to uh, take off where we left off six years ago. And uh, see if we can make some traction here. It's been a while. But I do, I, th- that was for Laura Truitt. She Facebook messaged me about the book of James. James chapter 2, verse 21. He says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was declared right with God because of what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. His faith was made complete by what he did, by his actions. So it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and so God declared him to be righteous. He was even called the friend of God. And so you see, we are made right with God by what we do, not just by faith alone. Um, you know, there's, we get together for, for Old Home Week, and it's really cool, but it reminds me of a story when I was in PBC, and Matt and Lisa, you'll remember this, and, and Brother Bill, you'll probably remember, but uh, we would have pastor's chapel every now and then, and I don't know, it was on Fridays or once a month, I don't know what the schedule was on that, but, but every now and then you'd get alumni that would come to preach to the whole student body, and those were interesting times because... You know, some of the alumni would come back and they would try to impress the faculty with their great preaching skills. And so I was sitting on the front. I think I was, you know, in the student body at that time. And, and so I was on the front row and, and sitting next to me was Sarah Paulson, who was Miss Oregon. And we're sitting on the front row. And I'm thinking I'm pretty cool. I didn't have a girlfriend at that time. And I got to sit next to Miss Oregon. So that was awesome. But uh, we're watching this guy who was an alumni come up and preach. I love you, honey. I love you so much. <laughs> And, um, and he gets up to preach, 
and he is just going for it. You remember this, Matt? This guy is just going for it. He's, he's in it, and he's loud, and he's dancing around. And all of a sudden, I look over at Sarah, and her mouth is open. She's like, <gasps> and she leans over and says to me, his pants are unzipped. <laughs> and I look over. He's doing right there, right that, right there. And I, and I see his wife. And she's just, she's doing right there, right that, right there, what Hannah's doing. Her hands are on her mouth and her eyes are huge. And she's looking at this guy preach and the tail of his shirt is coming out of his fly. And it's bad. And he's in it, you know, he's really going for it. And his wife gets up, she comes up on the stage and she whispers in his ear and he stops. Of course, everybody started laughing. He turns around, he zips his pants up. And then he tried to get back in it, but it was all over. It was all over. So I decided that I'm not going to try to impress you today because if I did, my pants would be unzipped, I'm sure. But what I do is Pastor Bob said, uh, you know, bring a, bring a prophetic word. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know about that, but uh, I do, as I was driving over here, I did feel like God dropped just one little, just one little nugget in my heart for you. And, uh, and so I'd like, to, I'd like to just give that to you this morning. How many of you are into the whole love languages thing? Anybody? Okay. You, you know what your love language is? Yeah? What is it? Food? I don't think that counts, bro. He's a loving guy. So how many of you know what your spouse's love language is? Wow, there's like seven of you. You guys are in sad, sad shape. Okay, Bob's hoping that tonight's going to be a good night for him because he said something nice to his wife, you know. Uh, I'm not going to touch that either. But uh, I'm trying to learn my wife's love language. We've been married for about almost 25 years. And, you know, she's not a love language person. She is a five love language. She needs them all. And so... She does. She just needs them all. If you give her words of affirmation, that's great, but I also need a back rub. And then, you know, and then can you do this? And so, man, I'm working. She's got me working like crazy just to get blessed. And so, you know, it's a a good deal for her. And, uh, you know, we're guys. We have one love language. And it ain't a back rub. Right? If you're, if, you're, if you're a dude and your love language is physical touch, raise your hand. What? Liars. You're all liars. <laughs> Liar. And I just want to say it right here in front of God and everybody. That when we say physical touch, we do not mean back rubs like you ladies do. We mean foot rubs. That's what we mean. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. God has a love language. And uh, just like our wives, when we learn what that is, it releases something. Um, It releases something from heaven into our life. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, I'm going to start there. He says this, these trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold and your faith. Listen to this. This is out of the New Living. I'm pretty sure this is what Jesus used. He says, your faith is far more precious to God 
far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tested by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you've never seen him. And though you have not seen him, you trust him. Even though you do not see him, you trust him. Even though you do not see him, you trust him. Even though you do not see the fulfillment of your promise, yet you trust him. Even though you do not see what it is you expect to see, you trust him. Guess what God's love language is? It's trust. That's the love language of our father. And he asks you, he asks me, can you trust me? It's easy to say we trust God when things are going awesome, right? It's so easy. Though you don't see him, you trust him. And even now, you are happy with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Your reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. God has a love language, and his love language is trust. And it's easy to talk about trust. It's hard to live trust. It's so hard to live trust because we have these things called expectations, don't we? We expect that God's going to do or say or come through in a certain way, and when he doesn't, we get discouraged. But God says, can you trust me? Even though you don't see it, can you trust me? I remember this happens actually a lot of time for me, but I remember laying on the floor in my living room in band, and I'm crying. I'm like, God. I didn't think it was going to be like this, you know? And I just, I just heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you said you wanted to live by faith. Well, yeah, I want to talk about faith. I don't want to have to live it out. I want to pray for people and see them get healed, you know? I want the offering box to be filled up. I, that's faith to me. He's like, oh, buddy, you got a lot to learn. I, I, I'm learning some stuff right now. I'm learning that purity only comes through pain, okay? I'm learning that trust has to be tested, right? Listen to this. I want to give this to you. If God's love language is trust, he gives us an example in the Bible of what that looks like. We all know about Abraham, don't we? Abraham believed God, James says, and it was, it was set to his account as righteousness, Abraham believed God. And then he goes on and he tells a story. You can, you can read it in, in Genesis chapter 22. But in this story, God says to Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son whom you love, and I want you to walk up to the, to the top of the mountain, Mount Moriah, and I want you to offer him there as a sacrifice. That would kind of mess up your day, right? But you know what it says? It says immediately the next morning, Abraham got up, chopped some firewood, grabbed some servants, grabbed his donkey and his son and headed out. You know what? He obeyed immediately. Delayed obedience is really disobedience, isn't it? We try to teach that to our kids. But Abraham believed God. Abraham trusted. It says in Hebrews that he believed that God was able to raise the dead. And it says in reality that's what happened because Isaac was as good as dead. On the day that God spoke to him, he said, okay, I don't know about you, but man, that doesn't sit well with me. 
But here's the thing. Here's where the story gets interesting. So Abraham takes his son. They leave the servants at the bottom of the hill. And it says that he loads up the firewood on his son Isaac. Okay, we think that Isaac was, you know, maybe five, six, seven years old. He wasn't. Isaac was a young man already. He was probably 15, 16, 17. Some scholars think he might have been up to 19 or 20 at this time. Okay, Isaac wasn't a little boy. He carried a whole load of firewood up a mountain, all right? He wasn't a little guy. Isaac goes up with his father. He says, hey, he says Dad, there's, the, there's wood and there's a, the knife and, and there's the fire. Where's the sacrifice? And he says, the Lord will provide. Abraham already knew what God had told him to do. The Lord will provide a sacrifice, my son. So here's what happened. They get up to the top of the mountain. And Abraham, it says that he, he tied up his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar. Sam, why don't you stand up for a second? Let's just say he's as old as Sam. Okay, Abraham's like 120. Hey, Dave, why don't you go ahead and try to, try to tie that boy up? Put him on the altar. Ain't going to happen, is it? Ain't going to happen. Isaac had to trust his father. Abraham had to say, son, you're the sacrifice. You got to let me kill you. And sometimes God comes to us. Do you trust me? Will you let me kill you? Abraham trusted. Isaac trusted his father. It says later on in chapter 34, Jacob is talking to Laban. And he says, if it hadn't been the God of my father Abraham and the fear of Isaac. This is the fear. He would have ripped me off. The fear of Isaac. What is the fear? What is the fear of the Lord? Yes, it's a holy, awesome reverence of him. But the fear of the Lord, the essence of it is God, I trust you. What did Job say? Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Man, we want to speak the love language of God. We trust him. We trust him when it's easy. We trust him when it's hard. Because you know what? God is good. God is good, isn't he? He's so good. He loves us so much. Jesus says this in John chapter 12. I had more, but we'll stop there. John chapter 12 in verse 23, he says, Unless a kernel of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it, 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 it's alone. It's just a seed. It's just a, just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. Much fruit. Will you let God kill you? Will you let God take the very best out of this house and sow it in another part of the world so that life can come? You have done that, and you'll continue to do that. And God will continue to bring resurrection life into City Harvest Church because he loves you so much and because you trust him so deeply. I want to speak the love language of heaven. I want to speak the love language of God because when we do that, he pours out his blessing and it's going to be a good day, right? It's going to be a good day. I love you. Thank you. God bless you.
man, that was a good word. You know? <laughs> With the hurricane hitting my town, I'm, I'm stressing and, man, trust him, right? He has me here for a reason. I, I appreciate it. They had to speak to somebody else in here too, right? I'm not, okay, I'm just making sure that wasn't just me. Uh, I appreciate you preaching to me, so thank you. Uh, the next one I get to introduce, uh, I came, I was here when he was still here, and I remember sitting over here, and I, I really was worried about his blood pressure when he was preaching. It was, I was like, he's going to pass out. It's, I was like, oh. I was never in a Pentecostal church or anything like that, but this is my first church, guy, so I was really actually stressed that he couldn't talk or he would die preaching. So if he does that and you're new here, I promise you, he survived every time. So he should make it free and clear today. So I'm introducing just a powerhouse stud, motorcycle riding, bald-headed, dancing. You want to dance too a little bit? Dancing, awesome dude. J.O., come on, man. How many know, how many know that Jesus is in the house today? Hey, can you put your hands together for Jesus right now? Come on, come on, put your hand. He's in the house. Jesus is in the house. That, that beautiful lady that was talking about sons and daughters, that happens to be my wife. Happens to be my best friend. How many of you are so blessed for your wives today? Husbands, I think that you should give your wives a big old honorable clap today because I'm telling you, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for my wife, come on. Oh, 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 come on, come on. Not just a, not just a PGA golf clap. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We got some... We got some great wives. I, I send greetings from Heart of the City Church. I, I, I got to say this. What a wonderful place to come and be back at home. I want to let you know that if you're part of City Harvest Church, you happen to have some of the best pastors in the entire universe. And I think that you should stand to your feet and honor Pastors Bob and Sue today. 20 years. Come on, 20 years. Twenty years. Woo! Wow. We were so blessed to be sent out of this house. So honored to be sent out of this house. All these different ones that's been sent out. We've had a great time since Thursday. And I feel like I just have a, a quick word for you. This, this word, uh, this song from 1974 just stuck in my spirit. I just couldn't shake it. And I feel like it's kind of like a prophetic word for you today. And here's the word that I feel like I got. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You see, you see what you see, but... You ain't seen what God sees. Jesus told the Samaritans, lift up your eyes. God wants to give you eyes of faith today because you ain't seen. Come on, come on. You ain't seen nothing yet. Jail, jail, jail. We 20 years old. We've seen it all. No, you ain't. 
You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen what God has for you in the future. He has a powerful thing. I tell you what, if you're 20 years old and younger, I want you to stand up right now. 20 years old and younger, because see, you wasn't even part of this church when it was planted 20 years ago. And I want to tell you something. I see a wave. I see a wave coming from the east. This wave is not a wave of the water. This wave is a wave of the spirit. And this wave is bringing revival. This wave is bringing grace and love. I'm telling you, this wave is hitting this generation. You better get ready. Look for it because God is raising an army out of City Harvest Church. God is, he's raising up. Where's Ben Mickle at? Where's Pastor Ben Mickle at? Ben Mickle. Where's, where's Ben Mickle at? Ben, Ben, am I saying that right? I tell you what, Pastor Ben and his wife, God is using them. I want to let you know God is raising an army out of this church, Pastor Bob. You're going to be armed and dangerous. You're going to be lethal weapons. You've got a great leader ahead of you. And I'm telling you, there's a wave that's bringing restoration. There's a wave of the Holy Spirit that's bringing revival. Oh, that's bringing restoration. That's bringing salvation to this area. I just got to tell you, will you believe with me today that you ain't seen nothing yet? See, 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 you 20 years old, you ain't even legal drinking age yet. I want to I just drop something in your heart. Listen, God brought us here, and Pastor Bob's been downloading in us and building churches that last. And God builds upon people. He builds on sons and daughters. He builds on you. He doesn't have anyone else. So he wants to build the church on you, as it were, as pillars. And City Harvest Church, there's something that you got to do. You got to have. You got to have grit to resist. Say this with me, nitty-gritty. You got to have some nitty-gritty to go where God wants to take you and to receive what he has for you in the future. You're, you're see, how many of you are Seahawk, Seahawk fan? See, yeah, 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 awesome. I'm not. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not at all. But your coach said something. He looks, Coach Carroll, he looks for players who are gritty. And, and, and I listened to a lady, my wife and I went to this conference, and this lady for 40 minutes talked about what is gritty. And at the end of the day, she said it's passion and persistence. Passion and persistence. I believe that God wants to raise up a nitty-gritty church in Vancouver who is, listen to me, passionate and persistence. That you have grit in you to resist the enemy, to resist the attacks of the devil. I want to read a scripture. Hey, Pastor Phil is out of James. James 4, 7 says this. Therefore... Submit to God, resist, say that with me, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, 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 Pastor Bob's and Sue can't, he, they, they, they can't do that for you. Pastor Ben can't do it. Pastor Peter can't do that for you. It's talking to very something very personal that you have to resist the devil. You 
And when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. I want to give you five nitty gritty resisty today. Five nitty gritty resisty that I think that God wants to put in your heart because I'm telling you, it's coming. You better get ready for it. You better get ready for it because he's coming. There's a wave coming and God is raising up an army in this church 20 years and younger. I tell you what, armed and dangerous, nitty gritty number one, submit. Say that with me, submit. It begins with surrendering to God. You can't be living like hell. Well, J.L., I ain't living like hell. Well, I ain't talking to you then. See, if you living like hell, if I was a thief, you know what? When you know what houses I would break into? I would break into the houses that the windows are open. I would go to the cars that has the keys and the ignition. That's 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 where I want to go. See, you can't live uh, like hell and 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 allow the windows and the doors and the keys be left on in your ignition for the enemy to come and wreak havoc in your life. Somebody say surrender. Somebody say submit. It begins with submitting. He's my Lord. He's my King. He's my God. He's my all in all. See, see, if you don't submit. You're going to have trouble resistance. I believe the devil might want to just kick you all over the place because it begins with submit. Somebody say, submit with me. Number two, it is written. Powerful words. When Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days, the devil came after his weakness. What was he weak with? Well, you got to understand, Jesus was 100% man, but he was also 100% God, but during that time, he was hungry because he'd been fasting for 40 days. Guess what the devil, he, his first temptation was, if you're the son of man, if you're the son of God, turn these, these rocks into bread. What did Jesus do? It is written. Say that with me. It is written. See, see, you can't fight the devil emotionally. You don't, you don't fight him mentally. You don't fight him physically. You got to fight him biblically. You got to come, baby, it is written. It is written. And you got to have something to back that right there. Not just is written. You got to have the word of God hidden in your heart. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, you can say, it is written, devil. It is written. Get behind me. Say, it is written. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, church. You better get the word of God in your heart. Somebody say, it is written. Number three, authority. Do you know that you have authority over all the power of the enemy? You need to walk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that. You need to walk in your God-given authority. You want authority any day over power. See, a a 110-pound little state patrol female pull you over. You talk smack to her. She handcuffs you, throws you in the car, takes you downtown. It doesn't matter that you're 350. Why? Because she has authority. She has the state behind her. A city cop got the city behind her. I want to let you know today, you got the kingdom of God behind you. Come on. No, listen, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because, listen to me, the king, he's your king, and you have that authority, and you need to walk in your God-given authority. No weapon. Come on. The spirit of fear not to overtake you any longer. I just hear chains falling this morning because you need to feel this. 
that you need to walk in your God, I pray for a shift right now. Just a shift that you would walk in your God-given authority. City Harvest Church. Amen. Number four, we sing it. In the name of Jesus. That's not old school. That's today's school. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power, come on, in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, to break every, that's for you today. You resist the devil with the name of Jesus. Number five. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord, not not I rebuke you. Some of the most powerful words that you can ever say. The Lord rebuke you. Listen to the scripture. Jude 9. There's only one chapter, Jude 9. Yet Michael, the archangel, not just any angel, the archangel. I can hear the music when Michael comes out. He's like, bad, bad to the bone. Bad. bad. Come on, he's bad to the bone. You don't spit in the wind, take the mask off the long ranger. You don't mess with Michael, the archangel. Look what happens. Look, look, with all who he was. It says this, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Listen, you, you may say, J.O., I've heard this in the past. I want to I encourage you to renew it because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power when you say, the Lord rebuke you. Hey, will you say that with me today with some faith? Will you say it on three? One, two, three. The Lord rebuke you. Powerful words. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist lust. Resist the lies of the enemy. Come on, resist greed. Come on, resist anger. Resist those things that's been trying to overtake you, church, because God wants to take you. Nothing yet, never been before, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Amen. 